Good morning. Good to see you guys today. Y'all look good. Let's stand up and worship the Lord. Your love is devoted. Your love is devoted Like a ring of solid gold Like a vow that is tested Like a covenant of old Your love is enduring Through the winter
have a new song this morning. It's called Ever Almighty, and I've been living with this song for a couple of months, and uh, they've been playing it on radio every now and then, too. It came out with uh, the group called Passion. Uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful song. I hope you really love it and enjoy it like we do. Uh, let's worship together as Taylor leads us.
Thanks, Taylor, for leading us in that. That was beautiful. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we bow uh, before you today in a way where we recognize that you are God and that you've made us for yourself and that um, we have made some decisions along the path that make it so sometimes we're separate from you. And when we come back to a morning like this, we're reminded that you draw us nearer and that you draw us closer and that you are ever almighty to save. God, you save us uh, from so many things in our lives and we're grateful. And uh, Lord, um, for a day like today, uh, we give you thanks because uh, you've given us life and you've given us breath, as it says in Psalm 150. So we have um, just this eternal gratitude. Help us to come to church so grateful, so thankful, and uh, that praise could be on our lips and that we're singing of our salvation in you, Jesus. So we love you and thank you for this time uh, today. In Jesus' name, we all pray and say, amen. Hey, glad you're all here, everybody. We have a lot of people here today. It's Baptism Sunday. It's a very good problem, but a problem nonetheless. If you have some seats in between you, please make it so there are not seats in between you and scoot in because ushers will be bringing people in continually throughout the morning. So now's the time where we say hi to somebody uh, in our service. Say hi to somebody and scoot in a little bit. Thanks. See you in a second. Awesome. Well, good morning again. I'm Billy. I'm the uh, worship pastor here at the church, and I'm glad you're here. If it's your first time with us, if you're coming on Baptism Sunday, it's a really awesome day to be here. So thanks so much for being here. I hope that when you came in, you maybe felt like a sort of a red carpet carpet welcome by our, our greeting team and, and our friends that uh, have smiling faces as you walk in. And uh, if you'd like more information about our church, there's lots of ways to do that. You can come talk to us. Uh, pastor Dan, our senior pastor, will be here after the service. I'll be here as well. And, but we have people at our welcome desk, and there's a, you can sign a connection card and let us know how you heard about us or let us know if you'd like any information. We'll be happy to get you some information that way, too. That'd be great. So... Um, a couple things we want to mention today. Uh, we have a staff social after the service, and the staff social is just a time for you to get to know uh, some of our staff. If you've been coming for a few weeks or a few months or even a few years, you've not really connected with us, or if you want to make a connection with us, it's another good time to do that. Sometimes it gets a little busy right here. I often hear like, oh, Billy, you were busy. I couldn't come talk to you. But uh, we'll be uh, there in the hub. It's right out this door right here and to uh, my right, uh, and we'll be uh, a bunch of staff will be over there hanging out. If you'd like to get to know us a little bit better, ask some questions about ministry and what's going on here, feel free to do that. That'd be great. Uh, And lastly, uh, uh, tomorrow is Veterans Day, friends. Do we have any veterans here in the house? Are you there? Will you stand up for us? Wow. If you would, just remain standing. Please, yeah. <laughs> so we know that uh, being a veteran is sometimes is a team effort, as our pastor says a lot. Um, if you are a family member or a friend of a veteran, would you also stand? Oh, this is great. Look at this. Remain standing. I'd like to pray in just for just a moment. Ushers, if you would, come, come down. We're going to collect this morning's offering in just a few moments, too. But um, there's something I, I, I read this week about veterans, and uh, it says this. Uh, this guy named Jeff Miller quoted this. He said, the willingness of Americans' veterans uh, to sacrifice for our country has earned them our lasting gratitude. You have earned that and more, friends. God bless you guys. Yeah, so grateful for you. Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for a day where uh, we're reminded with a bunch of people standing up, we're reminded of our freedom. We're reminded that, um, Lord Jesus, you died so that uh, we'd have freedom for our soul. And there are are, uh, veterans who are no longer with us, too, who have passed on in uh, the line of service and the line of duty so that we could have freedom in our country. 
And so for the people that are here, we're so grateful. Uh, For the veterans that are here and uh, the veterans that we think of that aren't here, uh, we're so thankful that uh, they have stood in harm's way so that we could uh, come to a church on a Sunday and freely worship you. And uh, knowing that there are places in the world where people can't do that. But we can come to a church and have some of these freedoms, and we know it's not free. So thank you, Lord, so much for our friends who serve and put themselves in harm's way. We ask that you would honor them today, very special way, and their families as they support them. And Lord, for what's about to be given, uh, we know that you have freely given to us, so we freely give back to you. And um, ask, Lord, that you would bless what's being given today toward uh, the ministry at Hopevale Church. But Lord, uh, we give this to you because you call us to do that in Scripture. You call us to give back to you a portion of what we have. So we give that to you and ask your blessing on it. In Jesus' name, we all pray and say. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, Billy. I, too, want to express my appreciation to all our veterans here today and just grateful for your service to our country. Well, as the plates are being passed in a moment, we are going to have the privilege as a church family of sharing together and watching several people from our church publicly profess their faith in Jesus Christ through believer's baptism. Baptism is something that the church has practiced for the last 2,000 years as a way for those who, whose lives have been taken from spiritual death to spiritual life by grace through faith and that they are changed. And God gives us this beautiful picture of baptism as an ordinance that proclaims that Jesus truly forgives, truly cleanses, that those who are going to be baptized, their lives are buried in the water just as Christ was buried in the grave. And then they are raised out of the water just as Jesus rose from the grave. And this beautiful picture of what it is to be cleansed washed and forgiven because of Jesus. That with Jesus there is new life, forgiven life, abundant life, eternal life. And that is the beauty and the power of baptism. Now just to be clear, there's nothing magic in the water. There's, this isn't superstition, nor do we believe that the act of baptism itself saves, but we do believe It's a powerful proclamation, an outward symbol of an inward spiritual reality of life change and new life in Jesus. And so that's why we're excited um, to share this as a church family and excited to share it with those of you who are visiting us today, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. We're we're glad you're here because this truly is a special milestone for these people. So in a moment, we'll get to witness that together. But beforehand, we have put together a compilation video uh, to hear directly from those who are being baptized a little bit about their story and what Jesus means to them. So let's take a look. Zoe Stella and I and uh, I start. I've been coming to Hopevale all my life. My name is Liam. I'm eight years old and I've been going to Hopevale since I was eight. Uh, my name is Lisa Johnson and I've been coming to Hopevale. I want to say five years off and on. My name is Angelique Sisumbo and I've been coming to Hopevale for twelve years. My name is Joshua Carlson. I've been coming to Hopeville for seven years. I want to be baptized um, because it felt like it was a final step in a really long journey that I've had. I'm getting baptized just because I want a closer relationship, better relationship with God. So I can obey God and like tell like my friends which they tell their friends so they can tell their friends until the whole world knows about Jesus. So everyone knows that that I as Jesus into my heart.
years old. My mom was reading me a book from the library, and that one of that I randomly picked off the shelves. And so it was about dying. My mom didn't really know that, so she was just reading it to me. She was kind of, eh. And so, so she stopped reading it. And then a couple weeks later, I was lying. I was laying in my bed, and I said, "I'm scared." And so my mom came in the room, and. And so my mom and dad explained how the the bad news that everyone was gonna die, and the good news, life in heaven. Um, he is my friend, and he helps me. When I was eight years old, um, and when I went to Summer FX, we did this little remote thing, and it had like a thing that number five, level five, was like baptism and it was talking about baptism so I wanted to get baptized helping me tell everybody about Jesus so the whole world knows it. I actually went to Hopevale and I went with a friend and didn't know it was like baptism day and I'm sitting there and watching and watching the videos and then all of a sudden I just started crying. And I'm like kind of laughing and looking at my friend. I'm like, I can't stop. And I was just, tears were just pouring down. I had to get up and go to the bathroom. And a, a lady uh, who I probably never met before prayed with me. So that was a huge, huge, you know, eye opener. Like I was, I was a little confused, but I mean, like, why is this happening? Why am I, you know, but I was just like so touched and obviously, you know, so I think that was kind of my moment to where he was there for, you know, he, he pretty much tapped me on the shoulder, <laughs> making the wrong decisions in my life and, you know, living that path, you know, put everything on hold. And I think, I don't know, I have like motivation and I just want to do better. I, I feel differently too. Like I, I feel happier. Um, a little more positive. I'm getting there, but um, yeah, I'm just taking steps on making my life better for you know me, my son. I accepted Christ as my savior a few times, actually, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, there have been times where you know I say it out loud to him, and then I feel like I fall off the bandwagon, and I have to do it all over again. Um, I think that was part of the difficulty of the journey getting here because I felt like I had to be 100% A-OK -okay with him in order to be baptized. Um, and it wasn't until I realized that because I said that phrase, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, that it, it didn't matter. God is doing so many phenomenal things for me. You know, I used to think he was testing me like he's always testing me and obviously that's not true. I don't feel he's testing me. It's in the moments that I feel like the roadblock is there. I can see like this tornado, it's a storm, right? And I know it, I can see it, it's coming my way, I can't move. And it's almost like instantly I feel this calm over me um, that I didn't have before. And I know it's him saying, I've got so much more for you. You know, you are here, you have a purpose. Um, whether, whether I see that in small steps or really giant uh, situations, whatever his plan is, I'm excited because I know he created, he created me for a purpose. It's, whether it's big or small, it doesn't matter. I'm excited even if it's just one person that it affects, then I'm, I'm excited. I asked it when I was uh, praying with mom one night. I think I was like 10. And I, uh, before I went to bed, I asked him into my heart with, with mom. Um, I'm excited to um, be with him in heaven, and he's been helping me with school and anxiety, and uh, I want to show everybody my faith for the Lord.
Danielle, uh, what an honor we have to celebrate baptisms this morning, and I'm just really excited that we get to see the next steps that God is doing in the lives of so many people here at Hopevale. So uh, first we have Zoe. Um, I'm Jody Quinn, and I am uh, one of our kids directors here at Hopevale. And Zoe, I'm so excited for you today. Are you trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Is it your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Based off of your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, Liam, are you excited? Yes. Step, step right up here. Are you trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Is it your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Based off of your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Pete. I'm one of the pastors here at Hopevale Church. So, Alita, it's so cool to hear your story and how witnessing this is what brought you here today. And so this is your moment. Yes, it is. So let me ask you, are you trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And is it your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on this, your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I loved your story, and it's so exciting to see what God is doing in your life and just how you've been getting involved, and so this is a great opportunity for us. I'm privileged to be here and a part of it. So, are you trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? I am. And is it your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Then based on this, your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So one of the joys of a parent is when you get to see your child take a step closer to God. So this is my son, Josh. Um, so, <laughs> so I am very, very excited to be here and to be able to do this. So Josh, are you trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And is it your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Based on this and your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know why they send uh, the guy that cries the most to church to, to come out and pray. Guys, that's so special. When, um, my little girl's here watching all this. She's not even five yet. And to, to see what Pete just did with his little boy is like, man, that's my dream of my, of my lifetime. I hope today that you've heard some stories that um, impact the way that you live and change the way that you see God and understand what God has done for you through Christ. It's the biggest thing that will ever happen in your entire life. Ever, I promise you, hands down. So grateful. All right, let me try to pray and pray with me. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, I know in Scripture it says that uh, all of heaven rejoices when someone comes to you in their need and um, and in their celebration of realization of, of what you've done. So I know that heaven just threw a bunch of parties right there, uh, saying, uh, "Yeah, that's." That's God's child who just said, uh, I'm going to live for you the best way I can. So um, thank you, God, for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, so much for uh, what baptism means, just dying in that water grave and being washed new and being raised to life. 
this symbol of what's already happened in their hearts. God, I pray that uh, today is a, just a powerful day for all of us as we continue in your word, as we continue in your presence. So Lord, um, for Pastor Dan and for the next moments as we continue in, these, in this faith series, Lord, that uh, you would get our attention and that uh, we would live for you in a deeper, more powerful, faithful way. In Jesus' name, we all pray and say together. Good morning once again, Hopevale. Uh, introduce myself. I'm Dan Davis, uh, senior pastor here. Great to share this day of worship with you. Want to welcome those of you who are joining us in Bay City as well. Great to have you along. Uh, Want to clue you in that here in Saginaw, we have had the privilege of sharing and celebrating baptisms as a church family, as something I know you did uh, toward the end of the summer and outdoor service, and that's great. And again, we just love that. Jesus is in the business of changing lives, and that's why we worship him. We are forever grateful. Last week, we kicked off a series about faith. Faith, and in thinking about that, a common expression that we often use when it comes to faith came to mind for me, and that's that whole idea of taking a leap of faith. Taking a leap of faith. How many of you have heard that expression before? Taking a leap of faith. Yeah, a leap of faith. Now, interestingly enough, that phrase itself isn't found anywhere in the Bible. It isn't. But I do believe the concept is, right? This idea of stepping into the great unknown, of trying something new, different, big, risky, scary, that on the surface looks absolutely crazy and makes no sense whatsoever. And so when you describe it that way, those of us who have some familiarity with the Bible would certainly say, yes, there are plenty of examples of men and women in Scripture who, led by God, have taken a leap of faith. A leap of faith. Now I want to ask you another question, and to me, this one is even more important because When it comes to a leaf of faith, it's not just do you know it, but rather have you done it? Have you done it? Have you ever taken a leap of faith in your life? Well, for me, I know there's at least one time in my life that I have, and it's really one of the big reasons I am standing in front of you here today. It was 31 years ago. I was in my mid-20s. Living in the Detroit area, I was working for a large commercial bank, climbing the ranks in corporate lending while also pursuing an MBA at night. Now, this is back in the 1980s. This is the era of excess, of massive materialism. So, for instance, you had that movie Wall Street, right? Michael Douglas and his character Gordon Gekko and his infamous quote that greed is good. Greed is good. It was just in the air back in the 1980s. This image of success, that meaning is found in how you dressed, what you drove, where you lived, and how much you had. Yet somehow in the midst of all that, for me as a younger Christian who's growing in my faith, there was a stirring. There was a restlessness I don't know how else to explain other than that as I was becoming more involved in the church I was attending at the time, I was wondering if there was a path for me in life other than business and banking. Long story short, I felt led by God. Led by, not audible voices led, but internal nudges led to leave the security of my job and to go to seminary. To go to seminary with no final plan after that. 
Now, I got to tell you, on paper, it didn't make any sense at all. I remember telling my boss, and he was shocked. Then, I remember telling my dad, and he was floored. Even still, with no guarantees of anything, I packed up all my worldly possessions in a little two-door Dodge Colt hatchback headed south to Dallas Seminary and took a leap of faith. I took that leap back in 1988, and three three decades later, here I am. (laughs) Here I am in front of you, getting to pastor this incredible church, having the privilege of sharing and teaching from the scriptures every week, along with a wonderful wife and three great kids. I know that I am blessed beyond measure, and I would not have it any other way, that God is good, that God is faithful, and I am convinced, you know, Convince me out a shadow of a doubt that this decades-old leap of faith into the great unknown was more than worth it. More than worth it. Now, I share all that not to impress you, but rather to identify with you. Because, to be honest, for every time I have been at the crossroads, right, been at the crossroads and stepped forward in faith, there have also been far too many times when I have instead shrunk back in fear. Not stepped forward in faith, but shrunk back in fear. Where I stared into the great unknown and I couldn't or I just wouldn't trust God with my future. Maybe it was that faith conversation I was supposed to have, but I didn't. Maybe it was that generous charitable gift I was supposed to give, but I didn't. Maybe it was that courageous stand for my convictions I should have taken, but I didn't. Or maybe it was that act of forgiveness I should have extended, but I didn't. See, leaps of faith, they come in all shapes and sizes. All of them, big and small, you know what? Can and will not only alter the course of our own lives, but also the course of others as well. Really, for the good or for the bad, depending on whether or not we step forward in faith or shrink back in fear. So what makes the difference? What makes the difference? What is it that will move us forward so that we can and we will take the leap and trust God with our future? Well, that's what we're going to look at today as we continue this faith series as we return to the 11th chapter of the New Testament book of Hebrews. Now, last week when we kicked things off, we began with the first seven verses of Hebrews 11 in a message entitled, Not Seeing Yet Believing. Not Seeing Yet Believing. And right out of the blocks, we read this about faith in verse 1. That faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Not seeing, yet believing. That just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. And faith knows that there is more to life than what we can see and that the invisible is often more real than the visible. Confidence. Assurance, And then from there in chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews goes on to tell us, going all the way back in time to the creation of the universe, and shares some stories about some of the earliest heroes of faith from the early parts of Genesis. Heroes like Abel and Enoch and Noah, whose life examples teach us this powerful lesson about faith. Verse 6. That without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe two things. Must believe that he exists, that God exists, that he's real, and that he rewards, that God is good. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. So that when we think about a faith that pleases God, it's not just that we believe in God, but it's also what we believe about God, that God is real, that God is good. And that real faith isn't knowing that up here, right? It's much more than that. It's believing it in here and living it out out here, right? Faith. That no matter what we've gone through, no matter what we are going through, or no matter what we will go through, faith means this. Faith means resting in God's good character more than wrestling with our difficult circumstances. 
Trials come our way. Suffering comes our way. Challenges come our way. And if our eyes aren't fixed on God, we'll just wrestle, thinking we're in it by ourselves and trying to get out of it, trying to figure out how to solve our problems. But faith isn't wrestling, it's resting. So even though my eyes may tell me to deny his existence, and even though my circumstances may tempt me to doubt his goodness, faith says otherwise. That God is real. That God is good. That God is with us. And God is for us. Well, that's where we've been so far. So let's continue on in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to pick things up in verse 8. And as we do, I want you to keep in mind this whole idea of taking a leap of faith, right? Taking a leap of faith, both what it looks like and how we can do it. How we can do it more, how we can do it better. This stepping forward in faith instead of shrinking back in fear. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, where we are introduced to the father of God's first chosen people, a man by the name of Abraham. Verse 8, let's take a look. By faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Can I tell you that this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible? It is. It's just this great picture of faith. By faith, Abraham... When called, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. That's faith. Abraham, he didn't know where he was going, and like every other guy I know, he didn't even stop for directions either, right? (laughs) Seriously, though, right? This is not knowing, yet trusting. Last week we said faith is not seeing yet believing. This week we're saying faith is not knowing yet trusting. And I got to tell you that for those of us control freaks in here, this is by far the hardest thing we'll ever have to do. Not knowing the plan, yet trusting in God. That's what faith is all about. See, here's what you need to know about Abraham, right? Abraham whose story begins in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 11, chapter 12, that unlike us, who live in transient times, where people freely pick up and move, Abraham lived in settled times. Settled times that unless it was a season of war, famine, drought, you stayed put. You stayed put in your place with your people, with your extended family. That's the way it was 4,000 years ago when he lived. But the Lord had different plans for Abraham. When he told him, Abraham, I want you to go from your country, your people, your father's household, to a land I will show you, a land that is so far away and so different than anything Abraham had ever known. And the only thing that Abraham had going for him was a promise. A promise that the Lord made to him, that if Abraham would only obey and take this leap of faith, that not only would he and his own family be blessed, but also all the peoples of the world would be blessed through them as well. Incredible. I mean, it really is, but that's how faith in God works. Verse 9. By faith, he, speaking of Abraham, made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac, his son, and Jacob, his grandson, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Now, I have to admit, I kind of chuckle every time I read this verse because it reminds me that Abraham lived a very intense life. Intense life? Okay. Yes. I'll be here all day, two shows. Okay, yeah. Seriously, though, right? Not knowing the plan, yet trusting the promise. A promise that we're told here that not only would he not see it fulfilled in his own lifetime, but also his son Isaac and his grandson Jacob wouldn't see that promise fulfilled as well. So how could Abraham hold on to his faith in God like that? Verse 10. For he, Abraham, was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Where was Abraham going to get his sense of settledness? It wasn't in this world. 
wasn't in an earthly man-made city, but rather it was in a spiritual God-built city, namely heaven. That this eternal home would be Abraham's ultimate inheritance where he would dwell with the Lord forever. That's what kept Abraham going, going through transient discomfort, through the inconvenience of leaving his home and living in tents like a stranger in a foreign country. Verse 11, and by faith, even Sarah, his wife, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Now, Sarah's story is interesting because at first she doubted that God's promise would continue on through her descendants. She doubted. Why? Because she had been infertile up to that point in her life. She was very advanced in years. It made no logical, biological sense at all that she would ever bear a children. So initially, upon hearing the news, she actually laughed at the very idea, which, by the way, doesn't disqualify her with God. It just makes her really human like us. Thankfully, though, her initial doubt turned into a leap of faith. And her laughter turned from scoffing disbelief to a joyous response at the birth of her son Isaac, who, whose name literally means laughter. Laughter. That in the end, Sarah considered God faithful, the one who had made the promises. Verse 12, and so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. As good as dead, Abraham was hundred years old, when Sarah, his wife, at age 90, gave birth to Isaac. These beautiful word pictures, right? Numerous as the stars in the sky. Descendants who would be countless as the sands on the seashore. They come from the very promise that the Lord had originally made to Abraham back in Genesis 12, that from this one man, this one woman, God would raise his chosen people up from their descendants God would create a holy nation set apart for his purpose. And that this one nation from this same bloodline of descendants would come our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 13. All these people were still living by faith. Now this is a little kind of side commentary that the writer of Hebrews wants to go on and tell us. Living by faith when they died, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Not believing, yet seeing, right? That if Abraham wanted a physical place to call home, if settling down and shrinking back in fear were more important to him, he could have turned around. He could have turned around and headed back to Haran, but he didn't. No, he held on to God's promises. He kept a bigger picture in mind with an eternal perspective, The kind of faith that requires great patience, that requires gritty perseverance. Not knowing, yet trusting. Back to Abraham's story, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when tested, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac, that your offspring will be reckoned. Now, we don't have time to completely unpack this story. You can read about it more in detail in Genesis 22, but let me try to paint the picture here, right? That Abraham is 75 years old when God makes this incredible promise to him that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And yet, over two decades go by, and there is absolutely no sign that this promise is even going to begin to come to pass. After all, to become a great nation with countless descendants, you at least, what, have to begin with one. And Abraham and Sarah, they didn't even have the one. They waited for a long, long time until 25 years after the promise, their son Isaac was born. 
And so here he is, the miracle baby with aged parents, this child of promise, this answer to prayer. And yet later on, we don't know how later on, scholars actually say it could be anywhere from five years to 36 that Isaac is that old at this point, right? That Abraham once again has to trust God in a big way. That without knowing the plan, God asks him to sacrifice Isaac, his one and only son. And yes, that this is the same phrase used of Jesus is no coincidence. Imagine that, the promise finally fulfilled, and now God asks him to do this unbelievable, unthinkable thing. So how in the world is God going to keep his promise and fulfill his plan if Isaac is no longer alive? Verse 19. Well, Abraham reasoned by faith that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he, Abraham, did receive Isaac back from death. I mean, here's the scene. Scripture tells us that just as Isaac, or excuse me, Abraham has a knife raised above his son who is bound upon an altar, that God says, stop, and directs his attention to a nearby thicket where a ram is caught by his horns and says, take that ram and use that ram as a substitute sacrifice. And yes, again, another foreshadowing of Jesus, the spotless lamb of God and his substitutionary sacrifice on our behalf. But back to Abraham, you know what's interesting about this story here is that technically Abraham didn't need a miracle from God, he just needed to believe that one could happen. That God could have raised Isaac from the dead. Now, people, that's faith, right? That's science-defying, death-defeating faith in a God who is both powerful and trustworthy. So that you and I, that we can be absolutely certain that God will always keep his word to us. Always. See, Abraham... Sarah, they're examples of these flawed yet faithful people who didn't know the plan yet trusted in God. They're meant for us today. 4,000 years later, meant for us. What to encourage our hearts, to inspire our faith, especially when it's hard to take the leap and trust God. Yes, their era is very different than ours, and yet even still, this one true God remains the same. He remains the same for you and for me. Now, remember earlier when I said that leaps of faith can not only alter our own lives and the course of our own lives, but others as well? Well, this is exactly what the writer of Hebrews wants us to know, how this one leap of faith rippled through the generations. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, Isaac the son, Jacob and Esau grandsons, in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob Abraham's grandson. When he was dying, blessed each of Joseph. Now Joseph is the great-grandson. And blessed his sons, his sons who are great-great-grandsons. You see the generations here? And worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. The promise keeps on going, right? Verse 22, by faith, Joseph, again, the great-grandson of Abraham, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones, believing that one day God's people would leave Egypt and make their way back to the promised land. Now, like I said last week, you know, this book was originally written in the first century AD to a group of newer Christians who had converted out of Judaism. So, that original audience would have known all these Old Testament stories backwards and forwards. The mere mention of these names, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Those would have stirred up such deep memories within them. Would have reinforced even greater faith in their hearts. You know, for us today though, depending on our background, those names probably don't have the same kind of impact on us. We don't have the familiarity and certainly we don't have even close to the same emotional attachment that they would have had. Even still, these examples of faith are also for us. They are. You know why? Because scripture tells us that we, as believers in Jesus Christ, are also by faith children of Abraham. We are heirs to the same promise. A promise that finds its ultimate fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ and his new covenant to us. And so we too, just like them, are longing for a better country than our present one, right? 
A heavenly country where Jesus is king, where death is destroyed, where evil is banished, where sadness is no more, and where the joy of the Lord reigns forever. That's what genuine faith looks like. Not knowing, yet trusting. Not knowing, yet trusting. And so as I begin to wind down, and so we return to this whole idea of taking a leap of faith. I want to leave you with two final challenges. I you to look at your own life and think about these two challenges. First, look back and give thanks. Look back and give thanks. I got to tell you, I was both humbled and convicted this past week as I was thinking back to that opening story about my own leap of faith years ago, about how I can so easily forget God's goodness to me in the past. And see, here's the thing. Forgetfulness like that isn't good for me. It isn't good for me, and it's not good for you either. Because here's the thing about forgetting our past blessings of faith. Listen up. This is so important. Forgetfulness makes us less grateful and more fearful. Forgetfulness of God's blessings to you in the past when you have taken a step of faith will make you less grateful And more fearful, these two deadly toxins that can poison our faith in God. No, instead, we need to be the kind of people who remember and rejoice, right? Remember and rejoice in what our God has done for us. And we rejoice both in the collective gospel story of a victorious Savior that we share as Christians. But then also these individual stories of blessing that you and I have each experienced in our past. And so this week, I want to encourage you to look back with me, right? Look back at your own life and give thanks to God for all those times, right? Or maybe it's just even that one time that God honored a leap of faith in your life. Look back, give thanks, and then second, look ahead and trust God. Look back and give thanks, but look ahead and trust God. Listen, you don't need to know everything before you trust God with something. Can I say that again? You don't need to know everything before you trust God with something. Because faith isn't about knowing the plan. Now, faith is about believing the promise. And even more importantly, it's about trusting in the one who makes that promise. And even as I say all this, listen, I know that some of you are at a crossroads right now, right? You're at a point in your life where you sense that God is leading you to make a choice or maybe even to make a change. Make a change. And again, like I said earlier, this leading isn't audible voices, no. But it is about you paying attention. Paying attention to the stirrings of the Holy Spirit within, to words from others. Paying attention to a verse or a passage from scripture or maybe a lyric from a worship song that just reaches and grabs you in the heart and won't let go. Pay attention to that, right? See, because in the end, I don't think we should really call it a leap of faith. It's more like a leap into God. See, leap of faith implies like we're standing at the edge of a steep cliff and just jumping into nowhere. But a leap into God, it's like we're standing at the edge of the pool. And there's a loving heavenly father with strong arms asking us to jump. Jump because he knows that he's got us and he knows that he has our best in mind. To leap into God, take the leap and to trust him for your best possible future, life now and heaven forever. Abraham did, Isaac did, Jacob did, Joseph did, and most importantly, Jesus did. God's one and only son who when facing the cross in his future poured out his heart to his heavenly father in the garden of Gethsemane praying those powerful words of faith. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Yours be done. That's faith. And you know what? God the Father answered that prayer. 
And when he answered that prayer and answered that step of faith, he not only brought blessing to his son, who is now our exalted king, but he brought blessing to us. He opened up the doors to capital L, life in Jesus. Life forgiven, life abundant, life eternal, life everlasting, now, always, and forever. You can trust God with your future. So let's take the leap. Let's take the leap. And let's pray together. Bow your heads with me, please. God, thank you. Thank you for Abraham's story. Thank you for um, Abraham's example. Thank you that Abraham, when called, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. God, we want to have that same kind of trust as you lead us into the great unknown of an uncertain future. Trusting, believing, knowing that you have our best in mind. And that if we can trust you with our ultimate future, eternity with you and the, the glories of heaven, then we can trust you with our future in this life. Lord, as I said, I know that some people here in this room, listening and watching this message, are at the crossroads, facing a choice, facing a change. They want to step forward in faith, but part of them is shrinking back in fear. Let them leap into you. The God who is big enough, strong enough, faithful enough, and loving enough to not only catch us, but to lead us every step of the way. Where we are weak, give us faith, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in a moment, we're going to worship and celebrate just that expression of our desire to follow our God into the future. But before we do, can we just recognize those who are baptized today? If you're in here, would you stand? And we just want to say, way to go. You know, Scripture says that when we trust Christ, when he is our savior, when our sins are forgiven. He not only brings us to himself, but he brings us into the family of God. And so the rest of us, we are cheering you on and we want to encourage you to follow Jesus with everything you've got. So let's all now stand together and respond as Billy and the team lead us. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow.
really struck when we were saying where you go I'll go where you stay I'll stay and sometimes faith means staying and sticking it out so maybe that's the choice you're facing today and I pray that God would give you the strength of faith to do what he wants you to do well as Billy mentioned earlier we have our staff social in the hub after the service we invite you to join us and get a chance to meet some of us on staff. Next week, we'll continue our faith series by looking at the life of Moses, what his example has to teach us. But as you go, may God give you the faith to follow him wherever he leads you. God bless you.